Get the skinny on Cincinnati sports with Richard Skinner only on local12.com and the local 12 news app. Exclusive content, in-depth analysis, podcasts, and more. Cincinnati sports news 24-7. Get the skinny only on local12.com and the local 12 news app. Welcome in to Season 5, Episode 3 of the Angry Quarterbacks Podcast. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com with James Rapine of SI.com and the real quarterback Tony Pike of Reading High School UC and Carolina Panthers fame. We broadcast live from the John Ross could be injured at any time studio. Haters. <laughs> you haters. Or the John Ross can't extend to catch a pass studio. Ooh. Or the John Ross will bobble one on the sideline studio. We'll haters. Get to, we'll get to John Ross and the Bengals later on. We talk some college football. We'll talk some high school football in the last segment, which will probably last an hour and a half because we're all fired up. We'll talk some NFL and the, uh, the Bengals. Let's start with college football where – um, we keep inching our way through. We're inching our way now to where the Big Ten has to make a decision in probably the next, what, 48 hours, whether they're in or out. I'm going to have a hard time understanding now how they would be out, right? Yeah. I am. Uh, it, it it feels like it's already a week too late for what they're trying to do. And I know the timing-wise, but when you look at how rankings are set and you look at what the landscape of college football is, I still think it's going to be tough. But, I mean, to your point, this – this, to me, is a no-brainer. You have to come back now. The teams are playing. There's been no severe outbreaks. There's, there's, been, been, a, no there's s- been adjustments with some yes. teams canceling and there, games canceling. There hasn't been any serious um, outcome to come from. So right. you, you have to look at the numbers and say, we were wrong. We're going to get back to playing. Do you believe they will? I do. And I'm not going to be negative like Tony here. I'm actually going <laughs> to praise the Big Ten. Oh, at boy. least, at least, hey, at least it looks like and it's trending in the right direction. And if they play, then at least they got it done. Look, we remember baseball. We ripped baseball for a long time because they were idiots. Mm-hmm. But then baseball started. And if we can get Big Ten football back, then I, I think what's, everyone will forget about what's this. What's the Pac-12 doing this, in all this? this? I, I don't know. I don't know about Pac-12's that. Pac-12's trying to dodge I think what, fires, I think. <laughs> I think what should happen is the Pac-12 should – to sit out, Big Ten come back, and then the Big Twelve just cease to exist as well. Yeah, it ceased to exist this past weekend. Iowa Sun State, Belt. Kansas right. State, Kansas. <laughs> Holy cow! Exactly. Don't, don't mess with the Sun Belt, man. man. I think that was that was proven out. You think man. the Pac twelve is focused on baseball season? Speaking of baseball, <laughs> they're, they're worried about getting back for now, maybe the Pac twelve and the MAC can have something going in like January, right? <laughs> they, they, they can they can play each other. Chess. No, I, I think the, the the latest is if they can come up with a decision in the next what forty eight hours or whatever, make a final vote that they can start their season October seventeenth, get in nine regular season games, and a Big Ten championship game. And while that's going to be, what, a game less than the SEC, a game less than the ACC, it's still enough, right? Because you're getting rid of the bad game. You know, the, right. the easy right. pushover right. games. The, right. the, the games Ohio State was going to win 70-7 to seven anyway. Now, I, I think it will be interesting, though, for all these conferences when, when push comes to shove – can somebody run the table in the SEC based on playing all SEC games? I think that's a tall ask. Can um, – can somebody run run the table in the Big Ten? I think that's a that's a, that's a big ask. I think we can we can probably agree that Clemson can run the table in the ACC. That's not a big ask. But I, I'm I'm going to be interested when we get going here of how are you going to gauge two loss Ohio State versus two loss Florida or mm-hmm. two loss mm-hmm. Alabama because you one have loss no, UC because at least we have well undefeated one, UC. Or, or undefeated UC right, right. Stop or undefeated it. one UC. loss UC if, if if you get to the point of undefeated UC God. and I'm just going to use three examples. Alabama, LSU, Florida all have two losses, and they're two good losses. Mm-hmm. How are we going to gauge that? And I don't know if there's a fair way to do it this year, is there? 
I, I, couldn't you say that the Big Ten's had more time to prepare and not an unfair advantage? <laughs> I like it. See, there's optimistic, Tony. I like that. In, in all reality, I would take a two-loss Bama in the I, playoff. I think I would, too. Me, me, personally, I would be rooting for UC. Obviously, right. it's my alma mater, but... Yeah, I you know which team is going to be more competitive? You know, Nick Saban in the Crimson Tide or Luke Fickle in the Bearcats? Right. If if I'm choosing, I, I would pick Bama. But it, it it's going to be a tough dilemma. And you're right; there are going to be really good teams that, for one reason or another, lose two games. And it could be because they don't have powder puff teams on the schedule, basically bye weeks, or, or they've added another well, SEC game or two. Yeah. It, it, well, in COVID, you know, right. how does that impact? Right. You know, are, do you miss key players and, and key moments in big games? Uh, it, obviously, injuries are going to take their toll as well. So, yeah, I think it's uh, – I think it's how the committee responds to that. You know, how does the committee do take into that? COVID mm-hmm. just as well how do they take into injury in years past? All right, so, so is this a year – and it doesn't – I don't think they would do this, but look, we've had to make a lot of adjustments across a lot of board Expand sports. Expand it. Expand it to where you at least have an automatic bid for the SEC, for the Big Ten, for the for the, for the the Big 12, for the ACC, for automatic bids, and then for at-larges. And I think at that point, at least you can say all the conferences were representative when you really had no outside chance. Usually, at least in the season, while you get those powder puff games you were talking about, mm-hmm. you still get at least one probably good cross divisional game where a Big Ten will play a Pac-12 or an Mm -hmm. SEC will play a Big 12 or a Pac-12, whatever. And you can at least go, hey, we have these three games as measuring sticks to say that league, based on this body of work, we can think is a little bit better than that league. So this year, maybe, let's just get one automatic champion from each, then four at-larges, and that's where UC can fit into the mix. A 10-0 UC, probably at that stage in an 18 playoff, I could easily argue would deserve to be in, at least have a shot at it. Here's oh, the for an eight team, absolutely. Sorry, I keep I keep no, stepping ahead. on you today, man. I'm just I'm just concerned. I'm like Joey Bosa, and you're Joe I'm, Burrow, man. I'd, I'd be Bobby, Bobby Hart. Hart. <laughs> That's fair. I'm <laughs> concerned right now that after watching the offseason the Reds had and being disappointed for the season and watching FC Cincinnati not score for so long. They scored. And, they don't 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 yeah. play. They just scored. And then watching the Bengals, I'm I'm worried about Austin P on Saturday. Me <laughs> too. Austin P. By the way, I'm a betting man. I know you are. I, for I, I, for Austin P. and Pitt to get together at halftime and say, "Hey, we're just doing 10 minute quarters in the second half." <laughs> the most, what are we doing? Now, that game doesn't count. It's like Pop Warner League. Yeah, uh, you guys are a little too good for us. Let's just shorten this. Can we game just up? do 10 minute running quarters. That's the reality, though. That if, if you're the committee, and really any sport, and, and baseball did this a little bit, and you've seen the NFL kind of tweak some of its rules. Now is the year to experiment. Man. So if, if if there's anyone in that committee that says, oh, maybe we should expand in the future, right? try it this year, see how it goes, and you can go back to the old I, way next I think, year. I think you'd love it. I think fans would love it. I think sure. it makes sense. And, and the other part, too, Brings is in a lot of money that they've lost. Opportunity. Well, the, the other part, Hope. this year, in a league, in a year where you're only playing the nine or ten games, you're only adding one extra week. So now you were going to play 12 games anyway. Because yeah. the old argument is, well, it's just too many games for the kids. It, it's only a couple of teams playing that extra game or two. This gives those teams that extra opportunity and more more money in a more year. More money for the have NCAA. To make up for and that. to James's point, I mean the MLB's tried it with seven inning double headers. Mm-hmm. They've tried it with starting the runner on second base. And it has universal you know, funny, DH. And it's not like I'm everyone's the, pushed back like, "Oh, this is terrible." Fellas, I'm two generations older than you, so I'm the one that likes traditional stuff. I, I think it's been interesting to watch. I think it's been kind of fun to watch. I'm yeah. actually fine with all. of I it. am too. Double headers suck. I've covered. You know, you've covered right. them too, skinny. Like they're awful to cover. Yeah, seven inning game. That's much. Better. I think it's been. Great. And it's better for fans. Yes. You want to watch two games in one day. It's been a bright spot for the Reds. <laughs> it, it, 
I mean, yeah, can they just g- play doubleheaders? G- every g- day? Give me Trevor Bauer in a seven inning doubleheader, yep. and I feel pretty damn good about it. For goodness' sake, he'll throw fourteen innings if you let him. Yeah. A- any takeaways from the from last weekend? There wasn't a lot of great matchups again, other than the Big Twelve's got to have a little egg on its face based on on the on the matchups with the Sun Belt. Holy cow! Well, happy to see the Demon Deacons cover. They did cover. They covered very easily. <laughs> God, it was that as as much as. The NFL felt normal on Sunday watching and, and following and it along. it did. It really did. The college football slate felt normal because I wasn't really intrigued in a lot of the early season games. I wasn't Like, either. every game was like, oh, yeah, oh whatever. Yeah. Oh. I looked at the schedule and I'm like, that's good background. Yeah. No, that, that's <laughs> yep. what it was. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I was doing a bunch of stuff Saturday. I had to broadcast a couple of games. I'd occasionally look at a score and go, why am I even bothering? What, the, what, what, what am I looking at here? I yeah. mean, like the pit game. I kept yeah. going, they scored again. Oh, wow. Hey, look, they scored again. Oh, wow. Hey, By look, the way, they scored again. did you get to see game day at all when they were doing their picks? I did not. Did you get to see it? I didn't. Man, Herb Street was so frustrated because so they would go two live picks and then Corso's not there. So they threw it to Corso and there's a little tape delay. And then Corso would throw it to Chris Paul, who also wasn't on set. So there'd be another tape delay. So by like two or three times, Herb Street would start talking, and then they wouldn't be done talking, or the so delay would be. Oh. So you and, and like oh. there were times like Corso tried to like joke around. He had like a Herb Street cardboard cutout next to him, and he was yelling at it. And then Herb Street makes a pick, and he's like not even smiling or entertaining it. You could just tell they're they're. There are so many hurdles that you got to face, and and they're trying to make that show as normal as possible. It uh, it, it was interesting to see kind of a a broadcast of that level go through the same types of things that you imagine yourself going through. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you mentioned Clemson; they've got the Citadel this week, so that's oh. not a problem for them. There's really not a lot of marquee matchups for this week. Um, I I, I do want to ask you though: Did you get a chance to watch Notre Dame at all? Because it just didn't sound like they played all that great. Yeah, it was just kind of kind of going through the motions. I will say Baby Gronk played well. Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer can looks play. the part. Michael Mayer's gonna play on Sundays. Yeah. Um, Future Bengals tight end. I'll take it. I, I, I think he would hope not. <laughs> really? You seen Joe Burrow? I, again, I think he'd hope not. Wow. Have you seen this franchise? Wow. Okay. Still got a, we still got a couple years right. to, to yeah. see how yeah, this yeah. goes. Yeah. Go, go to uh, Los Angeles and play with Tyrod. Enjoy. Man. Hunter Henry had seventy three yards. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. I. Uh, I, I just I wasn't blown away watching Notre Dame. Like I, I was. I it was watched, interesting because they actually had uh, what fifteen thousand fans, yeah. and a chunk of students, and even yep. Brian Kelly went out of his way to say that they kind of made it into a yeah. a college atmosphere. So you 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 would think it would actually uplift them a little bit. It yeah. didn't seem to do that. Yeah. Can I say biggest bozo moment of the week? Clawson at Wake Forest. Can you just be aggressive one game? You're playing Clemson. And Clemson's doing whatever they want on offense. And there's two fourth and ones in the first half, like at midfield. And you punt the ball away on both. And then you settle for a field goal. Like, no, my, like you're going to stop Clemson my, four times. My favorite was I got home from doing a high school game on TV. And I, I turned it on, kind of like James said, his background. Just your home. It's college football. I want to watch a game as, as I drink a beer here. And and I do a, a, a confidence pool where we pick 12 college games a week and all the NFL games. And one of the games I picked, and we do it against the number, one of the games I picked was Clemson minus 32. Mm. So when I get home, it's 37 to 3, and I'm thinking, I'm going to have to sweat this because Clemson's going to go into a shell. And right as I turn it on, 
37 to 3, my man is kicking a field goal yep. to make it 37 to 6. Cover. And I thought, does this cat know that he's getting 32? Is that why Cover. What, I mean, what was the point of that field goal? Now, they ended yep. up scoring another touchdown anyway, so it really didn't make a difference. I don't know. I don't know. I, what I watched was the it, point of that? I watched it four years when my brother was there, and it frustrated me every time. Like, just be aggressive for one thing. I think he knew he was getting the 32 and just went, all right, let's get the cover. You need to start sticking with me on some of your bets. Gaskowski. I, 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 that wouldn't. Oh, Ooh, gosh, we're going to get to him. No, my point is, is kickers need practice, too, man, fellas. Oh, man, oh, Yeah, 37 to 3. 37 to 3. Hey, get out there, kicking team. Obviously, kickers spent the quarantine not working out either because cramps have been a problem. <laughs> Big problem. Can can you hydrate? Someone get that man a body armor or Gatorade. Well, I, he's been running all day, too. I'm, I'm just yeah. surprised he was able to even stand at the end of the We've seen the practices. Ooh, yeah, they, they do a lot. It's taxing. They, they do a whole lot. I guess the only game of, of note in the two, two ranked teams will be uh, Miami at Louisville um, this week. Louisville didn't look great, yeah. but I think they I think they got they a lot covered. upside, too. They did cover. Derek King. Yeah, yeah, yeah Miami. And for Miami. And he was not great in week no. one, but I think he's going to get better, yep. too. Um, that's a good game. That's, that's a good that's a nice matchup. matchup. Yeah, I like that matchup. Louisville's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Who you got, Tone? The Ville. I'm with you on the Ville. I like the Ville. The Ville. All right, when we Is continue. Lamar playing? Uh, <laughs> No, he's, he's playing on Sundays. He's now. basically playing and, like Louisville because he only plays three quarters now. Well, and and, and now he's become a pocket passer. He's yeah. decided, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> that running stuff, anybody can do that. I'm just going to stand in here and throw it now. Oh, I'll throw it. I don't think touchdowns. I've ever been more right. Tony, same thing. More right about any player ever. How's your Baker Mayfield pick doing? He'd be fine. I think at one point you had him the best quarterback in the AFC North, did you not? Oh, when did I have right? that? I thought you did. I think you did a couple years ago. He's going to be the I best remember. quarterback in the AFC North. Baker's rookie year. Baker's rookie James year. James is riding high in Cleveland. You were all in. You were all in on the Baker Three train. weeks ago, did I say Lamar or not? No, three weeks ago you did. Three huh? years ago, did I rip the Bengals for drafting Billy Price or not? <laughs> you also. But yes, I, but yes, I like the Did Baker you praise pick. them for drafting John Ross or not? Yeah, I did. Okay. Just, I'm just asking. It was built around Blandy Dalton. <laughs> because we're going <laughs> to take mean? a timeout. <laughs> we're going to talk high school football next. we got NFL to go. And as you know, we are broadcasting from the John Ross Can Get Hurt at Any Moment Man, studio. Man, you guys are haters. It's yeah, not the name of the studio. Season 5, Episode 3 from ESP Media. Filling an opening at your company means more than just finding an employee. You're looking for a fit, a match. Robert Half understands that. We know you need someone who can do the work, someone who complements your culture. And of course, you need that someone fast. When it all comes together, it makes for a perfect fit. Satisfaction guaranteed. Robert Half, the matching experts in accounting, finance, IT, legal, marketing, and administrative staffing. Visit roberthalf.com radio for more information. Welcome back into the Angry Quarterback Season 5, Episode 3. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12, Local12.com, with the real quarterback, Tony Pike of Reading High School, UC, and Carolina Panthers fame, and the quarterback whisperer to many a young quarterback in the Tri-State, yes. and James Rapine from SI.com. We talk college football. We've got a big NFL football and Bengals segment uh, coming up next, but let's talk a little bit of high school football. How about the fact that the first Ohio Associated Press poll of the season came out yesterday? All right. Twelve area teams... 12 mm-hmm. were ranked. That's pretty good. I'll run them down for you. In Division One, Lakota West is third in the state. Princeton, sixth. And St. Xavier tied for eighth. Princeton probably getting a little too much love there. But still, it's been a great start for, for Mike Daniels and his team being 3-0. 3-0. They overcome a 17-point deficit against Colerain this week and, and kind of get over that hurdle. And uh, a little low on St. X. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, they, to, it, it's very hard. 
anywhere to, to go through LaSalle and Elder in back-to-back weeks and come through 2-0. and And Brownsburg, Indiana. Brownsburg's good. a good team. Yeah. They should have won that game, yes, but St. X will keep rising on that. Yeah, I would agree with that. In Division Two, Winton Woods is number five, LaSalle is number seven, and Kings, among others, uh, receiving votes. Watch out surprised. for Kings this year. Watch out for Kings, but I'm a little surprised Turpin didn't get a little love in there, too. And maybe yeah, it's just good to start re- the season. Yeah, maybe it's just reputation. But I know you're high on Kings and, and your guy. Just give me his name. See if you can take a shot at it. Jackson Kwasniewski. So you, you actually asked him how to pronounce that? it, did you not? I'm on it. Uh, you do tutor him, correct? Yes. Yeah, and he's he's actually very good. Yeah, they, I mean, the running game has been fantastic as well. Um, for for that Division two hurdle, Skinny, you and I have talked about this. Um, anytime you go up against LaSalle, Winton Woods in those playoffs, you better be able to score points. Yeah. Because if you're putting 13 on the board, you're not going to win. And to this point, whether you talk about Kings or you talk about Turpin trying to be that third and fourth team – They've both shown the ability to score points, and if you can do that, you can keep up with some of those teams and see what happens any given Friday. I mean, polls are what they are, and I've, I've voted in these before when I've covered high schools both in Kentucky and Ohio, and it, it always frustrates me because it always feels like when people are voting in polls, they're not stacking teams according to what you think is better. You just, they just do it based on record a lot of yeah. times. So people look and go, oh, Winton Woods is undefeated, and they do have at least a statewide yeah. reputation. Well, Sal's 2-1. and one. Have you seen who LaSalle's played? I right. mean, that, that's the part that gets frustrating to me when you look at polls, is, is everybody just looks a, a lot of times at record. Uh, speaking of which, in Division Three, Baden is number three. New Richmond is number eight. Pretty nice start for the Lions. I'll take it. Yeah, they've scored, they scored 77 points on Western Brown. There's a lot of points being scored last week in, well, in high school football. West, Western Brown in back-to-back weeks has scored, I believe, 61 and 48, and probably if there was a line on either game, wouldn't have covered. Mm. They got beat 77-61. What was the Clint Massey? 84 to 48, something like that? 84 or 86. 86, maybe. And then Bacon put and up Bacon 82. Bacon put up 82 by Corey Kiners, the LSU uh, Stud. heading to LSU. Yeah. He, that he dude's is, crazy. He, I'm going to get to him in a second because okay. we're, we're, we're down to their poll. I think they're number three in Division 5. But Division 4, you got Indian Hill and Wyoming tied for third. That feels right. I mean, they're not going to play each other in the regular season. They're both going to most likely finish 6-0. and Easy. They're going to match up somewhere, what, Careful. regional final-wise, perhaps? Um, that'd be a hell of a regional final matchup. It, it always is, and Indian Hill's got to first get over a big hurdle this week, and then we'll see what happens. You got Redding? Yes. Uh, I, I, you know what, that Redding defense. We saw what they did with Wyoming, right? Yeah. Stifled. Stifled. Are you suiting up this nope. week? Oh, okay. Nope. McNick comes in at number five in Division Four, and also Clinton Massey, the team we just mentioned about a moment ago, is number seven. Speaking of Corey Kiner and Roger Bacon, uh, they are number eight in Division Five. How about his performance on Saturday? 17 carries, Oof. 363 yards, seven touchdowns. He scored four touchdowns in the first quarter, and those four touchdown runs alone accounted for 192 yards. You've seen him, right? At oh. least highlights of him. Yes, I, I've I've seen him. Yeah, yeah. I, I talked to him a little bit. I've talked to a couple of his coaches. This is the what one of the the high school topics I'm certainly well versed on. Corey Kiner's a freaking. I, I'm trying to think, and you would know better than me. Running backs in the area. He, he the reminds, past, yeah, he reminds me of of Sean Alexander. That, that's and that's in, the in, one in, I was thinking. I used Deshaun Win into Sean Win too, and that was kind yeah, of you men saw him among first boys. Day, obviously, uh, and and those guys stand out. Now, now I will say, Sean um, when he played some of the better teams. They played Louisville Trinity along the way. I think they played mm-hmm. Louisville St. X maybe his junior year. And at that time, Boone County didn't run the or didn't throw the ball at all. It was literally yeah. tossed to him, left, tossed him right, and they would just put 10 up at the line of scrimmage. He still was supremely gifted. It was absurd. I remember a game I did his sophomore year. I think Sean touched it 10 times and scored seven touchdowns, including two punt returns yeah. against Lexington Lafayette. And you're just looking and going, 
this guy's a this guy's gonna play. You, you can always tell, that guy's gonna play in the NFL. Yeah. And Deshaun Wynn, I know his NFL career wasn't wasn't long, but you can you still got six and, years in, right? And people always look and go, well, he was only running against the CHL. Well, he, he I, you can just tell. I that's tell an people, NFL guy. save for Corey Kiner, he's going to LSU for a reason. You right? watch when you see Kiner. I remember watching Deshaun Wynn, and I was like, Deshaun Wynn was as big as he was at Florida when he was at Reading. Like right. he was just that physically gifted, and you look at Corey Kiner. Mm-hmm. And physically, how he's built. Like some guys get to college and they gotta like change their body right. and and grow into it. Corey Kiner, those are types of players that can go and compete right away to get on the field. Yeah, he could be playing on Saturdays yes. last year. Yes, right. because no, physically right. he's right. ready. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Corey Kiner the same way. I mean, he's he just has he's just an extremely gifted kid. Richard Hall from Wyoming back in the day yeah. was another one. Richard was a terrific back. Um, the, 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 those guys just come along every once in a while. You're just you just. They have that feel to and them. And you heard about him when he was in junior high. Right. Like, that that's the but, but weird thing. It's the, the, not like the, it, it was a freshman starting in varsity. It was early. Sometimes that guy, though, peters out by high school because he already is a man. And it's like, sure. okay, he didn't physically grow into that. Corey Kiner, I think, still has tremendous upside on top of what he's doing totally already. Agree. And for Bacon, who lost some guys on the offensive line from last year, to come in and still find ways to, to get him involved and, and get him those types of yards. I mean, obviously, you're scheming for... Corey Kiner, but they've done some good things with losing because sometimes you lose offensive linemen right. and those numbers right. go way down. Certainly not to this point. How would you like to see him if you're an offensive lineman blitzing <laughs> off the edge? Uh, he, they they he, used he, him on defense. Yeah, he had never played defense until this year. They put him on on defense and at end, and he wrecked what game one. He just was a was a was a house wrecker. It's my nightmare. Six. You're not ready for it at all. You're like, oh yeah. wait, yeah. wait. Hi, why is he LSU? here? Yeah. What's he doing here? Sir, Coach, can you get him off running, the? He's a running back. Yeah, right now, back. can you get him off the field? Right please? now, could Corey Kiner go around Bobby Hart? Um, in a one-on-one in camp. Yep, I'm going to say yes. He probably can easily. <laughs> I think he, he can. might bull rush. I think James and I might be able to do that as well. Yeah, I think you. I think you and I could bull rush him maybe. I go underneath his legs, man. I'm, I'm short. Sure. And my, Michael Mayer, while he's not a running back, you watched Michael Mayer in yeah, high school. Yeah, physically. Both, just, just a man among boys, for goodness sakes. Kentucky came out with its first poll. In fact, coming off of its first week, Newport Central Catholic checks in at number four. I got a chance to do their game on Saturday where they beat Walton Verona and looked pretty good in doing so. In 2A, Beachwood number two after a win at Corbin. And they've got a big matchup this week with the state's number one team in Class 5A, oh. the Covington Catholic Colonels. Oh. Um, also in 5A in Kentucky, Cubcats, as I mentioned, number one. Uh, Highlands checks in at number eight. And Connors, number 10. And Simon Kenton in uh, 6A checks in at number five. The Indiana polls will be out today. East Central was number six last week. I'm assuming they won't drop from there. They'll probably move up. And Lawrenceburg maybe moves in in, uh, in Class 3 Maybe. Move them in. They're close. They were they were on not, they were eleventh in a ten team poll last week. Yeah. So they were in the others They're receiving in. votes category. They're in. Speaking of high school football, this week ESP Media broadcast will have for you on Watch HSSports.tv. Wyoming at Deer Park. Who you got, Tone? Wyoming. All right. Moeller at Elder. Who you got, James? Elder. Lakota East at Princeton. Who you got, Tone? Princeton. Levin at Kings. Who you got, James? Kings. Pretty good, pretty good right there. I think we're right on those. 4-0. 4-0. Oh. Right, when we come back, we're going to talk NFL football, the Bengals, Bobby Hart, John Ross's crocodile arms, and much, much more. Hater! <laughs> as we broadcast. What about Bobby the, Hart's crocodile arms? Yeah, well, he's got those. Well, Billy Price does, too. From the, from the John Ross could get injured at any moment studio, it's the Angry Quarterbacks from ESP Media. Getting answers, finding solutions. Local 12 News investigates. As soon as we called you, everything happened very quickly. Not afraid to ask the tough questions. Taking action, getting the truth. Local 12 News investigates. Welcome back in. It's segment three of season five of episode three 
on the Angry Quarterbacks podcast. I'm Richard Skinner from Local12, Local12.com with the real quarterback, Tony Pike, and James Rapine from SI.com. We talk college football in segment number one, high school football in our most recent segment, and it saves a lot of time to talk NFL and the uh, and the Bengals. Before we get to the Bengals, um, any general observations, James, from, from, from week one? It felt like the teams that were supposed to win, win. The teams that, like the Lions, can find a way to blow leads and lose. Philly just... Cool. Seemed to get out of its own way. I was shocked by that one. Dallas continues to look like it has a really good team on paper and can't find ways to win and make weird decisions. Um, The one thing I will say is, I think you mentioned earlier, Tony, while college football just didn't feel normal, because I guess it did because it just wasn't very good games. NFL Week 1 felt like normal NFL Week 1, and honestly, somewhat better than what I kind of expected. I was expecting more sloppy play than what we got. Yeah, the NFL did a great job overall, and there weren't as many penalties Mm-mm. as I thought. Speaking of sloppy the tackling, play, was okay. I didn't see it was horrible tackling. It, yeah, it was, it, it, and so good for the NFL. Really, you know, I, I felt good. There was never a moment where I was like, "Oh man, what's going on?" Now I will say, and I'm going to plant my flag here, and I'm going to beat Tony to it. Tom Brady is going to be just fine in Tampa. I think he will be too. He will be just fine. The Saints are great. People are just like, "Oh mm-hmm. wow, he lost to the Saints." Well, yeah, they're probably the favorites in the NFC, or one of them. So, yeah, they, they should have lost that game. And uh, the, the only thing I wonder with Brady and Tampa, and I, I think it's fair to wonder, is mm-hmm. in New England, the defense always did enough to where he didn't have to take a ton of chances. And it feels like in Tampa, he's going to have to throw a couple more balls that maybe so, he doesn't want to throw or wouldn't have thrown in New England. I'm with you. I think he's going to be just fine. I do think that he's going to probably throw more interceptions than he normally has. Now, anything less than 30 that Jameis threw will be a uh, will be a win for Tampa. But, I mean, if you look at his overall stat line, other than the pick six, it was a pretty damn good say, stat line. And I'll say 12 picks. Okay, that, that'll yeah. be, you know, but but he'll throw 38 touchdowns. Yeah, right. I go, I go around... <clears throat> Going into the season, I thought the teams that were most well-equipped to win this year, especially earlier, the teams that didn't have much change in the offseason. Right. right. Uh, the Rogers. Ravens. Aaron Rodgers. The Packers. The Saints. Um, Seattle. You throw it. Seattle. I mean, you can throw The teams that Baltimore, the teams that didn't have a lot of changeover, I thought looked like they knew what they were And the teams that had change, and you could throw the Bengals in this. Uh, you can certainly throw Tampa Bay in this. The Browns. The, but they have a new well, coach. Well, Stefanski coming in, a yeah, new, new system. Coach, yeah. yeah, like say what you want. And the Bengals did all they could to downplay this. And we can we'll get into it with missing AJ Green on a throw and the John Ross throw and um, Joe Burrow struggling at times. It takes a while to find that timing. Yeah. And for Tom Brady, who's done it for so long in a system, to now come in with completely new weapons, Mike Evans. I'm guessing didn't practice much last week. And right. he did not he, run that route. I'm siding with Brady yeah. there. There's no so, way Brady got So all of those things considered, um, you, you don't want to jump to overreactions, but you, you walk away and say, okay, as much as it was downplayed, not having a rookie minicamp and not having OTAs and not having all that, it makes a big difference. But the difference of Tom Brady and the difference of what the Bengals did I cannot overreact to Tom Brady because I've seen it before. Mm-hmm. When I watch the Bengals and I'm frustrated with the offensive line, and I've been frustrated with the offensive line for years, then you kind of get upset about things. But when you look at the overall scheme of things, I thought the the teams that are most well-equipped are going to be the ones that return so many. And my concern in Tampa, honestly, is discipline. Bruce Arians is just this kind of lax guy, and he'll call guys out, but this isn't Bill Belichick's, hey, if you get a penalty, you're getting yanked. Right. Mm-hmm. And they had some bad penalties in that game from what I saw. I mean, well, focusing on the Bengals game. But, yeah, I think that that's, that's sort of the key. Uh, the interceptions will be cleaned up. I'm not worried about, worried about Tom. I'd be more concerned with Drew Brees after that game. But overall discipline, would you? 
I, I just I don't think Drew Brees looks sharp at all. And for a team that's wow. bringing back so many guys, how about that for a take? I would be more that's comfortable good, with Tom Brady going forward than I am with Drew Brees. I right would now. have. That's I, interesting. Did you see that report that the Saints were interested in Brady and Tom Brady's one back? How about that? I would have picked Brady over. What are they doing? That's an uh, that's out of loyalty, I guess. I don't know. But New Orleans, that's what is I'm good, here for. I'm here Orleans, to just make New Orleans things is a good interesting. Team. I mean, New Orleans has really yeah. good pieces. Oh, the, I mean, the defense. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that, that's that's still a good football team. They're and, a great and, you know, team. Speaking of other change, I mean, the Colts and Philip Rivers. There's another one where he's just not completely on the on, yep. the, on the right page. All right, so let's, let's segue to the Bengals with that. And and we were all at camp, and we, you and I, James, were on a bunch of zooms and between us and others asking the questions of. And I think I must have asked it every day. Of do you feel like you're you, you know, in the scope of the offense, that you're in sync with with your guys, and the answer was, yeah, and we got enough work on the side. Yeah. And I know you're trying to say the right thing, but when push came to shove, nothing beats a live rep against a live defense. Nothing beats that, and they just didn't get that. And I think you saw that on Sunday. I didn't join you guys on this podcast last year, outside of being a guest. First couple episodes was definitely shakier than it was two years ago when I was on. Right? It just was. <laughs> it, it because guess what? I, I'm familiar with you guys. But you got to get comfortable and get back sure. into a rhythm again. And, that, and that's what we saw from the Bengals. And you're right. They're going to downplay it. But deep down, they know. Mm-hmm. Deep down, Joe knows. He's not as comfortable with A.J. Green as he was Jamar Chase last year. He's not as comfortable. Heck, I don't think he's as comfortable with Tyler Boyd as he was with Justin Jefferson. Like, Agreed. that takes time. And if you don't get real game reps, you don't go live in camp, which they did – Maybe one percent of the time, right. and yeah. really not even then, because even, they weren't. But hitting. even when they went live, AJ wasn't involved, John wasn't right. involved, T. Higgins wasn't very. Joe involved. Mixon wasn't involved. Joe Mixon wasn't involved. Like those deep shots to Green and Ross might have been their first deep shots from Burrow, maybe ever. Yeah, yeah. Like, like literally ever and, and against I know, I, and an I know eleven what, on eleven. Right. I was saying. I know what they'll tell you is, well, we ran those against air. Like, running against right. air isn't the same as nope. guys putting a rush on either end and you having to time it up, getting rid it's of it, also, and knowing where their marks are going to be. To it's where also you hit not them. sitting in the pocket, knowing that because you have a different colored jersey, you're not going to be hit. That's right. And the pounding that Joe Burrow took in the first half oh. that changes your footwork, that changes your release timing, and and all of that stuff, it it combines in and and look it. I, the 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 only shock for me was not having AJ Green and John Ross for so much a camp. I thought Tyler Boyd was going to be a huge factor in this game, and and to not see him targeted until the third quarter, Auden Tate not really a factor in the game. That's what I was shocked because I knew coming in as much as they wanted to say it wasn't. It's like AJ Green and and John Ross are going to have rust, and and it's going to take a while with with Joe Burrow. But man, I watched Joe Burrow be pretty comfortable with Tyler Boyd and. Auden Tate at camp, and well, it just didn't seem like it was there. Yeah, and the only thing I can say in fairness is you wonder how many of the times when he dropped back in the first half was Tyler Boyd maybe going to be a target, and he just had no time to, yeah. to to make that that pass that somebody was in his lap. Because the first, I will say, the second half the pass protection did get better. I thought Jonah Williams really settled in after you know Joey Bosa. I think what third third or fourth snap of the game <laughs> just went around him like he was a cone, and it was almost alarming. But I thought Jonah kind of settled in. But that first half, it never felt like Joe Burrow could get into a rhythm because he really couldn't. They couldn't function as an offense. Right. 88 total yards. And, and it looked discombobulated. Two, half of that came on two plays. The 23-yard uh, yeah, touchdown the run. run and then the, the slant to green where the ball was snapped. And to, Joe didn't see it. Yeah, he, Joe he didn't wasn't realize ready. it, yeah. and they get 13 yards out of it, yeah. which, which was their biggest game outside of the run uh, until I think the, the fourth quarter um, in the passing game. So, yeah, it, it was – it was really a weird first half, and here's my problem with that. It, it is, well, go ahead. Yeah. We, we knew the offensive line was an issue. That's... We knew Joey Bosa was damn good. We knew Melvin Ingram was on the other side. And yet this coaching staff, outside of the first play when they throw it to Mixon, 
didn't seem Who? to no screen. Joe game. Mixon. No they didn't screen seem. To, yeah, didn't seem to quick. He plays. can catch. I, I guess not. I mean, God, oh. two targets. Huh. Your offense is trash. Throughout the first half, there is no rhythm. You can tell it. Your defense is playing well against a quarterback that I don't think is very good anymore in Tyrod Taylor. No. And His last you, good game was you the don't get your best player, and that's what he is. Mixon is their best player. They paid him like it. They need to use him like it. You don't get him involved. And I don't mean handing it off. Throwing the ball, get Burrow into a rhythm. And that's I was really encouraged after play number one. It was just a quick dump off. Yeah, yeah. Two yards. Doesn't matter. I still like it. It almost felt like it was a statement, to be honest with you. Yeah. And guess what? Invisible for the rest of the first half in the passing game. I, That's it, the rest of the game. I lose my mind with second and ten running plays. I and absolutely it happened, lose I think, my eight mind. Times. I think they had eight it is, second and long. Better down in distance. Tony. It is got to get in that third and six. It down is maddening. But to James' point, they coached that first half like they expected to block. Bosa and Ingram. But, uh, solo block. Yes. Yeah, five-man protection, that, solo That's block. my yeah. problem because you mentioned you know going into the game the offensive line's bad. Yeah. If that's the case, the Sunday night football game, the Rams and the Cowboys, uh, the broadcast team went out of their way to talk about how much the Cowboys' defensive line was talked about at camp. And the, and the response was, Sean McVay heard that, and McVay schemed around it the whole first quarter. He slowed these guys down. Um, golf moved out of the pocket. And not – moving out of the pocket in 30-yard throws, but just throws to the flats mm-hmm. where you scheme and the guy gets the ball in space. Robert Woods, the first drive of the game, was all over the place. My question is... And that's Tyler Boyd. They're yes. the same guy. Yes. My question is, did you really go into that game? It's it's one of two things. You either thought, honestly... That you could block That them. you could block those guys, or you misprepared in a way that, hey, I don't know if we're going to be able to block these guys. What's plan B? And that, again, that falls back to... Zach Taylor, who got a free pass last year, got to be better this year. Uh, no, there's no, there's no question about that. I mean, we saw in, in camp. How often did we watch Joe Burrow bootleg not only right but bootleg yes. left? How many times did we watch that on Sunday? I thought he was really good at those kind of things. Never. I, did he bootleg I mean, what, left once? What, what I mean, he, he was running for his. Yeah, life. he ran left once yeah, and, no, and did not, the yeah, interception I, no, flip. Yeah, but, I'm, not, I'm not talking about scrambles. I'm talking about yeah, design camp bootleg stuff. Especially, I think that's the thing that impressed you as a quarterback was his ability yes. to bootlegs left to get his shoulders around quickly and design, make a really good throw, move the pocket. Because yeah. guess what? That backside defensive end now is not going to get there and make the play. You're going to outflank the other end, and eventually you frustrate and wear those defensive ends yes. out because you get it out quick and you move the pocket. And then they get frustrated. Guess what? Then you gash them with a run. Then you can drop back and take a hitch. I mean, come on. What, what, everything we talked about, Joe Burrow was quick release. He's able to move around. His accuracy, we didn't use it all. And, and if you go through the course of a season with Joe Burrow taking that many hits in a game like that, he's not going to play 16 games. I agree. He got... Tattoo time and t- heck, the, the one time he handed it off, it was an RPO. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh, yeah! And he got drilled. By the way, I thought he actually kept it initially. By the way, can one of the linemen push the dude? I forget who hit him. I, like someone, right? Like, so, hey, this isn't allowed because he did not need it. You did not need to allow that. Now, now and I don't mean officials because it was legal. Yes, but but just my, take up take up for your guy. Yeah, right? yeah. Take um, up for your guy circumstances. I I agree though, and that's the thing. They did a lot of the five man protection stuff. And I was watching Brian Baldinger, and he's like, what are they doing? Like, he was breaking down some of the plays and stuff, and, and he does, you know, Baldy's breakdowns. They're great. And I just don't know how you go into that game thinking mm-hmm. that's going to work. Maybe the, those guys settle in, and Hart plays better and, than and you be realize honest, in I'll Jonah. Honest, and that's and where, that look, way. I know it was a regular season game, and it counts, but it almost felt like they were trying to test the waters and a lot Man. of things they were doing with – 
the five wides, with the five-man protections. I kind of like the concept of the five wide. I, I think it's kind of interesting. I think it helps Joe out, helps any quarterback out, because you've got not only people spreading the field, but you've got different things where they can't match up. But you also got to be able to block with the five guys if you're going to go five wide. And I'm fine with that, but you got to have a quick route if you do that. Correct. Where someone's going to get in space. But that's right. I, 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 it almost felt like they were testing the waters you, in a lot of ways well, with, let's see if our tackles can Like, I, I need Correct. Ross to just be cutting across the line of scrimmage. If you and watch, if he needs to get rid of it, throw it. That's your, that's if you watch last night with the Steelers, every route they have has a built-in where the guy just stands at the top almost. Johnson last night for the Steelers, three or four guys are running route. He would just stand at the top and be there for that safety valve. Right. Or he'd come underneath, and if it's not there down the field, you check it down real quick. We, we talked about this last year. Going into a game, when you have that many weapons, you got to find ways to get weapons involved. That's, that's what they – everyone talks about the first 15. Those are supposed to be 15 scripted plays to say, look, this is how we get A.J. Green a touch. Mm-hmm. This is how Tyler Boyd gets a touch. This is how we get John Ross an easy touch and get him involved early. This is how Mixon, Mixon. gets his touches. It didn't feel like they had any of that in the first half, and it's just like, man, it, it, it was a, to me, it was a huge disappointment because I had all these expectations because this offensive guru, Zach Taylor's coming in, and they, they re-signed Joe Mixon, and they give A.J. the franchise tag, and they drafted T. Higgins, and Auden Tate looked great, John Ross is back, Tyler Boyd had a great camp, and, and you and, walked away feeling like that team had no weapons. And that's where you go back to... I gave him a pass for last year. I think he deserves a free pass for last year. It was a bad roster. It was injuries. It was first year. It was a quarterback that you knew was on his way out, and there, you know, he wanted to get his quarterback, and that's all fine. But I don't. I'm kind of with you. I, I I think the free pass time is gone. Now it is time to produce. I mean, no matter how you slice it, two and fifteen in two years. And I yeah. I, I I use this stat in a three stats a note, and I I kind of do it jokingly as and prodding. But I even go back to his days at UC. His last twenty games as a play, twenty two games as a play caller. He's twenty. He's two and twenty, and his offenses have scored sixteen point one points. That's a pretty damn that good. It was a talented size. UC offense too. It was not a very good UC offense. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give him a little pass for that too. But again, you got to script around some of that stuff. You got to work around some of it, and it just doesn't feel that way. And it goes back to the weapons are there now, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you've got everybody's in the fold, and I'm going to give you a game or two to see how this plays out because you didn't have preseason. But the leash is short as far as pass goes here. How many of those? All the Joe Burrow had 23 completions. How many times did that receiver make that catch in space? Uh, very Minimal. rarely. I, I would say C- zero. CJ C- Uzama had one, one. in, in yeah, the two minute catch drill. and run. Yeah. You're right. So, and, one. And, so one. And to me, the that's, two minute drill. That's is different. a reflection of Zach Taylor. To me, you, the two minute drill defenses change a little bit, and, and you can maybe free up. But that's why I don't mind teams that go to the two minute drill when they're struggling over the course of right. a game. Just to change. Tempo. I wouldn't mind seeing it in the first half. Hey, our first three drives have been bad. Let's try to go up tempo. Let's let's try to get the defense on their heels. I but, think they should start the game yes, with it Thursday. Yeah. But we talked. We talked aggressive. Right we talked now. going into the season about what would make this season a success, and it was that feeling at the end of the year. Not so much wins and losses, but how you feel right. about the future. Game one, I don't feel good about what I saw from Zach Taylor. Now, you have 15 more chances, and you hope that they're going to improve, but if that's the that, that's what I mean about the feeling, because the feeling after game one is like, uh, is, is, is that the guy to, to make those? Even when they, they, they lined up on the fourth down, fourth and two, and they tried to jump them off sides, I would have been fine if they went for it. Yeah, I was good either way, but it I mean, I'm good like either that's way, what but they were going to yeah, do. Yeah, like go and, for it, and yeah. let's yeah, let's be aggressive. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. All right, it, go ahead, Jim. In the in the the thing, the last thing here as far as play calling and stuff. You talked about the first 15, first 20 plays. The one play that worked 
Joe Burrow freaking audibled into a quarterback right, draw. Correct. Think about that. Made a good read. He's had all offseason. And, and maybe it's as simple because I do think Zach is a good guy. Maybe he shouldn't call the plays. Maybe Brian Callahan well, shouldn't. And, 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 and I know we're not there yet. No, no but, but that's a fa- I think that's a fair question. I think you weren't here last year, James. I think that got asked of him maybe at the bye week of sure. have you thought about just letting somebody else do it? Um, and, and maybe you're going to get to that point where that question has to get asked again of, you know, it's all well and good that you want to want to do this, but if you're not calling the plays that are working, then maybe you have to relinquish that to someone else. It's a guy that it's a guy that hadn't called plays at the NFL level, no. hadn't been a head coach at the NFL no, level, right. hadn't been a coordinator, right. and all of a sudden he's an interim coordinator. It's yeah. like all of a sudden you're the offensive coordinator, you're the head coach, uh, work with the quarterbacks, design and, all and this, the, and it's and like and that's a lot. The funny part to me is the thing that I think Zach has done a good job of is the kind of head coach portion of sure. it where guys are buying into what he's yep. selling. And I think he's done a ter- way better job than what I thought because, let's face it, you're a guy that doesn't have a lot of cachet in the game. He's a young guy. He's as old as some of his players and not much older than some of his players. It would have been easy for players to just Last think, year, think that, that you know sure. what? Hey, school's out. Look what we got in here. We got this this Rube. I don't, I've never felt that yeah. the players feel that way. But at the same time, the part that he was supposed to be really good at, supposedly, as an offensive guru, play caller, all that, that part hasn't quite clicked and meshed yet. And mm-hmm. I don't want to be, after four weeks, six weeks, 16, 17 yeah. weeks, saying, man, Joe Burrow really overcame Zach Taylor's play call. Right. Which, again, Burrow played well in that two-minute drill. There were flashes. Well, I want to get there to that are, here in a second. There are re- reasons for optimism. Mm-hmm. So I'm not trying to crush Zach Taylor, and I don't think anyone is. But the reality is he struggled week one, and hopefully that was his preseason, right, and yeah. he can rebound on Thursday night. But, Look, man— the- it, it did not look promising with all those weapons. They have more weapons than the Rams. They the, do. Yes, absolutely. The, and, and they weren't even close. Yeah, the the issue with all of this is when you draft a rookie quarterback, we've seen across the NFL, the window is small. Mm-hmm. And the age of some of the veterans on this team, the window is small. So when you mention we can't wait, that's why the leash, I think, is a lot shorter than what people would think with Zach Taylor because you got a small window to make this work or else you lose that window and you're going to be back in a rough place. Especially, I mean, William Jackson played great. Sam Hubbard played great. Carl Lawson had a sack. What are those three guys in line for? Contracts. Right, that's right. How are you going to pay everybody? No, you can't. And, and you got to make a lot of decisions, and that's why these windows are so small and you got to capitalize. Right, I want to get to the defense here in a second and what your thoughts were there, but let's let's talk about Joe Burrow and that and that two-minute drill drive, came off just a horrific interception, the shovel pass when they were in field goal range. Um, that, that that can be crushing to, to a lot of guys. And yet, the thing that we've been heard about him is poise, putting the plays behind him, all those. And there they are on their own 18, no timeouts, 3.03 to go. And that looked like a 10-year vet lead him down the Man. field. And even the touchdown pass to A.J. Green, I think the one thing that we all fuss over the offensive pass interference or not, and rightfully so because it was a bad call, that throw couldn't have been any better. It was a dime. You could like, the only. I mean, for that, where that throw had to be was perfect. Outside of the right front pylon, to where AJ could snatch it and catch it and not have it defended. Perfect. It was yeah. perfect. And, and and he made that throw, and that's why. Not trying to crush Zach. Seven seconds. Yeah. I think that's enough time. One more I, chance. I, I would have shot. You would have had a second. If left. you take one read, throw it. If you take a three-step, no hitch, ball comes out. You have time left. The problem is. If Bobby Hart whiffs and you got to move right or right. left, you're done. Yeah. Um, here's here's here was my stance on Joe Burrow. The the grand scheme of things, a quarterback that had no rookie minicamp, no OTAs, no live reps in the preseason, a quarterback that came in and probably got hit more in the first half than he got hit collectively all last year. 
I mean, he <laughs> he was pounded in the first half. And there was a point at the end of the first half where I was concerned because the 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 offensive line was so bad that he was having to move so quick. I'm like, man, stick try to stick with you gotta stick with the read, stick with the game plan. And then I watched him on the John Ross throw. I watched him miss AJ Green on a throw that ninety nine times out of hundred he makes. Yep. And then I watched the bad interception and all of that compiled. I watch him lead the team down in a two minute drill, which is, that's all I need to see. Like Joe Burrow is gonna be what Joe Burrow that we thought he is right, going to be. Right, that drive really and the, and, inched it. And the thing for me, if Bullock makes that field goal and Joe Burrow gets a chance in overtime, they go and do the same thing. Right. Because I feel like he was in a rhythm, and if I'm mm-hmm. Zach Taylor, I'm not slowing down. I'm saying, go run two-minute drill again. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're in that kind of rhythm. Don't don't put the clamps on him. Just let him go play because then he was kind of in that, that zone that, again, he should have been in earlier in the game, and that's on coaching. But you got to find ways. But I walk away extremely impressed from Zach Taylor or two, from Joe Burrow. In two things with the two-minute drill. One, Bosa got tired, kept going on and off yes, the field. Yes, Worth noting because you're going up against Miles Garrett this week, and yes. that's maybe the two-minute drill will work. And he's going against arguably the best corners in the league. Like, the Chargers are stacked at corners. And that's the thing that shouldn't be discounted. That, that's a good defense. Too. Like, that's yeah. a damn good yeah. de- That's much better than than what he's going to face this week. Uh, it, you know, at all three levels, honestly. And it was dime after dime. Uh, was he inaccurate on any of his passes on no, that he, drive? He was, no. he was officially 8 of 11, one being a spike, one that John Ross should have caught. Yep. You'd agree with that part. Yeah. I mean, he should have caught that ball on the sidelines. And then one incompletion. I can't even remember what that incompletion was, to be honest with you. So, yeah. I mean, he, he it was it was accurate. On, on point, um, getting rid of it quickly. Um, the one where he caught CJ in stride. I mean, I, the one in completion, it, like, it might have been Boyd or something where he was hurried a little bit and just okay, left yeah, it outside. Okay, yeah, okay. So, so one inaccurate yeah. pass out of 11. Based on pressure, too. In, in a two minute drill. And then the touchdown to AJ that you can't throw that ball any better. And, and as much look, as much of an Andy Dalton fan as I've been and am, he doesn't make that throw. That's no. Th- no, no very, I don't think a lot of quarterbacks make that throw. And I don't, honestly, I don't think Andy and I'm. Not, I don't want to keep comparing the two because Burrow's a better prospect. He's a better football player. He just is and was. But Andy doesn't recover from that first half. Maybe not. He wouldn't have. He, I've seen it too much. He wouldn't have. Um, now, on the flip side, he would have missed A.J. Green like he did, and he probably would have missed Ross worse than Burrow did uh, because we can debate that 50-50, whatever, but they were clearly off. So um, I get that. But, the, yeah, the poise he showed – Look, if if Zach Taylor can't take that momentum into Cleveland Thursday right. night, there's a problem because we talked to the the guys in the locker room after they they were so encouraged. Yes, at the end, and that's dangerous because you're going to be facing a really it's hungry a, team in Cleveland that got their head kicked in. It's dangerous because after last year, week one, we had a feel good loss too. It, we it, did. I know and you're right. And, and so that part's <laughs> dangerous, but I also think Burrow, who does set the tones, like D. And, and I think he really believes it was a D. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think right. he was just saying that to make the media. No, I think he was pissed at himself. I think he was too. And I would be shocked if he missed the guys that he missed. And, and I expect Green to be more crisp because it, it, sure. even though he led them in receiving, I think there were some routes and things that he could have The third and two and is a play up. in the future he might make too. In the end zone. I know it was a little underthrown um, late in the game. They're the third oh. and two where they took the yes. shot down the sideline. Yeah. But even like AJ's routes and his footing, and AJ even said it, you know, he should have stacked the yeah, guy yeah, a little correct. more. Yes. Look, he hasn't, he hasn't played since November right. of 2018. You, you expect Russ like that. And again, that's why if I'm Zach Taylor 
and I watched how the last series went, how do you not come out and go up tempo oh, right against away. the Browns? Yeah. And, 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 and you got to find a way, sorry, to get Mixon out there. Yeah. In the two minutes. It can't just be G, because if it is, then why'd you pay Mixon? Christian McCaffrey played 97% of the snaps in Carolina's game. Valuable. Mixon played 59%. And he had two targets. Gio's got to get the ball, dude. Two targets for I think Joe, Joe Mixon. played well, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> right or wrong, they they don't trust Joe as much in pass protection on third down. Right or wrong, whether that's... That, whether that's well, Gio's just be. great at it. He, that is might really, be, he is great at it. That might be his best... Well, that's why he's a personal protector right on now, punts. Yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, he's, he's really a, good at that. And he's good at catching the ball, and he's quick and all that yep. stuff. But he might be best at, at pass protection. Well, yeah. we saw this week, 19 carries. And it's not just giving him carries. It's got to be carries that are going to give him a chance to be successful. Like, you got to change it up. you got to outside. and you got to change mix it up for Joe Mixon. Because he's a guy that as he starts to get in rhythm, he just gets better. Yes. You know, and, and so many running backs are like that. But you look across the league uh, – Ezekiel Elliott had four targets. Uh, McCaffrey had four targets. Kamara had like six or eight targets. In, in designed just, ones. Yes. Like, like, like this isn't not like, like everything's breaking flat. down. I'm going to dump it down yeah. to you. This is designed to get Joe Mixon the ball one on one with a linebacker. Yeah, I, I want that matchup. And and, and again, especially this week, the Browns have the worst yeah. linebackers yeah. in the league. And no, if I, you I are matchups, and if you are trying to mold a rookie quarterback, if I put Joe Mixon out wide, guess what? If it's a linebacker or a safety, Joe, Joe Burrow knows it's man-to-man. And if it is, I could take a shot one-on-one with a linebacker. And if it's not, if it's a corner, Joe Burrow knows it's zoning. Okay, I got Boyd, Green, Ross in the slot against a linebacker. Right, sitting down in a great spot. Like, even even lining Joe Mixon up to be a receiver would would change and open up so much. And again, that goes back to James, your, your point about Zach Taylor and the play calling. It just mm-hmm. wasn't... Like you had a, you had designing. a yes play design you had a whole off season mm-hmm. to come out and and hey we're gonna make our first like how many games did you watch this weekend in the first drive they go down and score or they go down and at least get a field goal how Brady like, and the Bucks did as yes. awful as they looked it was right because away because you have all this time in the off season to say here's our game plan and their scripted plays and that's yeah. that's my concern the fact that all the time you had you looked that bad to start the game that should be where it's eat because you're the defense is trying to feel you out all of this stuff is happening not. That's that's where the disappointment comes. All right, so last year the concern was also on the defensive side, and for the first eight games that concern was warranted, and, and there's no doubt that a lot of that was due to you were still playing Preston Brown at that point. Um, you know, I mean, it really was. I mean, you just had bad linebacking play. He's as fast as Tony. And, and, and Sunday, and as the season went along last year, and you got Jermaine Pratt involved, and you got some others involved, the defense got better. I know that's not a dynamic offense they just faced, and Tyrod Taylor will arguably be one of the two or three worst quarterbacks they'll probably face all year. But I, I felt like that defense just looked better in, in many did. ways. It did. Um, the linebackers looked better. The, I mean, the, the coverage wasn't just Tyrod Taylor being inaccurate. There were a lot of times he had no place to throw the football. I mean, guys were were on guys. I mean, he had William Jackson with two passes defended. He had three all of last year. They tried William Jackson Bates. early, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and, and obviously he, he was up, he was up to the had four catches. It was great. And two of them were, were when they were in zone in front of yes. Logan Wilson. Yes, yeah. yes. So, you know, that, that's going to happen. Yeah. You know, it's a rookie, and he just, you know, Keenan Allen's good at finding the yes. hole. Um, I, I think that two guys really set the tone, and they needed to. William Jackson the third mm-hmm. early. First drive, a couple times uh, he was targeted, and then Jesse Bates. How great was Jesse Bates? Highest rated safety, according to Pro Football The Focus. past 30 years, that touchdown to Hunter Henry that would have been is a touchdown right. against the Bengals. Right. Mm-hmm. Every safety that's come through here, right. 30 years, and he and he's there to, to bat it down. And, and that would have 
completely ended the game. I no think. doubt. I, I think it would have just took the, the life right out of the Bengals. They, and they instead, for, it was like forced a field goal. And Bates looked great, and he, we talked to him about it. And he said Tyrod has tells. Well, I hope. Yeah, that was interesting, wasn't I, it? Yeah, basically, like he, he could read Tyrod. Then yeah. you got to cheat a, yeah. a step or two. Yeah, yeah. So, so whatever that is. Hopefully he can do that with Baker and, move, and going forward because that well be, third year in the league and maybe that's a kid who just starts to now oh, figure man. out that'd be quarterback, great quarterback tendencies. Yeah, I, I like him. Yeah, and, and, and I think he's he, a great player. And, and that's the thing: if he can be great in the back end, and William Jackson can have a big year, now suddenly, assuming your defensive line can stay healthy, which is a different aspect, especially the interior. Yeah, the that, going. and that's but but that that defense should be much much better, even though that linebacker unit's young. But with that. When William Jackson plays at that level, and your safeties, Von Bell played every snap, yep. and I thought was very, He's very great. successful too. Mm-hmm. When your back end does that, and your front four is that good, I thought Hubbard was fantastic. I mean, you can get away third, with mediocre linebacker. Third play. and short, fourth and short, Stay the defense back. continued to step up. The, 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 play, the fourth and short was just a good job of getting push on the snap. Yeah. But the fourth down play by Sam Hubbard was yes. a great read on his part. He stayed home. Yep. Tyrod Taylor must have made a bad read. I guess he thought Sam was crashing in. That was a great individual when you're, play. When your secondary plays like that in your D-line, all of a sudden your linebacking core is a lot more free to roam. Sure. Jermaine Pratt leads the team in tackles on Sunday. So mm-hmm. you don't notice the backers as much. Now, Hunter Henry still had 75 receiving yards and yeah, tight ends. A bunch was on looked to be that busted right. coverage in a two-minute drill where he got in between right. a bunch of guys. But and, you look at all of that, and one thing – I've, I've never – DJ Reader I thought was seriously injured because of how the players were reacting, yeah. and they brought a cart out. I've never seen a cart come out that quick for a cramps. And, and you wonder if it's no fans, let's just get it out there. Yeah. Get the cart out there and get them get off. Him the, off. Get them off and, and make it happen. Rolling. I, yeah, I don't know. Which the game was, tried to move fast. Yeah. It's weird how, how Which was weird. But here's my question. Because Jesse Bates graded out the highest of any safety in the NFL. Von Bell was solid. What are you doing when Sean Williams is healthy? Do you do you play three safeties I at think, the time? I think I think they will eventually use some of that because I think that's the one of the reasons to, to sign Von Bell is a Sean Williams contract is up and b to use Von Bell as kind yeah. of the Lou, second linebacker in the box. Lou Anarumo has some weapons to to deploy this year. My my question now and and again th- this is going forward. What what's the Geno Atkins status? Didn't practice again yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. Missed, well, he wouldn't have practiced. They didn't have yes, practice Monday, but he missed, wouldn't have. Missed week one. I don't expect him to practice Tuesday. And it's like, okay, if, yeah, he, I wouldn't either. if he doesn't practice and the game's Thursday, then you have to expect that he's out again. Mm-hmm. I would expect that, yes. So, again, you're not at full strength on the defensive side, which is frustrating. I thought DJ Reader was great. Mike Danis, cramped. I guess I, the, I guess it's a good thing it was, a, it was only a cramp, because that was the damnest thing I've ever yeah. seen where the cart comes out that quickly for a guy. In that Really cost them. It did because I mean, the Chargers. That's ran when they started right gashing. Down. That's when they yep. started going right down the my, defense. Yep. My only question on the on the defensive side, I thought Andrew Brown had a really good camp. He played seven snaps. So they don't trust him inside. Uh, yeah, really it's, trust it's, him inside they just they all, just yeah. don't trust him enough. I mean, to, Christian Covington was getting a ton yeah, of run. Right. Um, and they're about the same size player. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. I, uh, it's weird. I, I didn't. You didn't notice linebackers having to make plays in space. And I think that's attributed to what the secondary can do and what the, the front four was doing. So, look, you walk away from that game, and I know it's a small sample size. I know it's Tyrod Taylor, and it's game one of Keenan Allen without Phillip Rivers, and Mike Williams was questionable going in. Man, you, that, that was a winning performance from the defense. I thought it was great. And, uh, and you got another chance Thursday to do it again. I do have a question, and I'm not trying to be negative. Have you all seen Carlos Dunlap? Have you seen him? Because I didn't see him Sunday. In, in, 
I, it, sorry, it's been so, against that offensive line, yeah, it, I need to see Carlos Dunlap. It's been so weird. He was so good in that scrimmage, the first scrimmage. I mean, he wrecked that first scrimmage, I thought. Mm-hmm. I mean, and again, you can argue he's going up against Bobby Hart. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. Don't forget don't forget that Chargers offensive line, because of injuries, were without their starting center, starting right guard, mm-hmm. and basically guard to guard, they had three different guys in three yeah. different spots than what they were listed in. So that can't be discounted either. And, and, and you're right. I mean, it... it it always feels like Carlos Dunlap. It's, do I want to play hard on this play? Do I want to play hard on that play? And when he does, you go, damn, that guy's a talent. Disappears at times. But he disappears at a lot of times. He better not disappear Thursday. No, agreed. Because they have a chance. If they come out, Cleveland's reeling right now. No yeah. question. If you come out, two-minute drill, go score. Sack Baker on third and Just five. Just gave up 38. The whole city of Cleveland is going to be nervous. Yeah. Kevin Stefanski's going to get edgy. Baker fans Mayfield's going to get edgy. Fans in the stands. The 6,000 fans Boo are going to get edgy. Like, I'm, I am not kidding you. If you do that, but I don't see them doing that without Geno. And Daniels, who's I, I hopefully can play, but is not going to be 100% with that groin. Yeah, I think he'd be more rotational player than he would be key contributor. If Dunlap does not bring it. Right. He's yeah. got to bring it. Um, I, I don't... Well, is is Cleveland that bad, or is it a combination that Baltimore is that good too? Yeah, and that that can't be discounted. But six and a half. I, I just the opening if, line but that shocked but me. But here's where I go to is when you look at that that Cleveland score. How much of that kind of what you said is Cleveland's psyche that when they get punched mm-hmm. in the mouth, they just don't respond. Baker doesn't respond to it. OBJ doesn't respond to yeah. it, and, uh, and that's what you have to do. And, and that's because they're talent. They're more talented than the Bengals. I'm oh, willing they, to say that they are. I Dude, mean, you talk get, about frustrating. They, they went all weapons. in. They went all I, in I, on I the know. offensive line. Right, that's the other part. It's not just the weapons. They went all in and on Joku's the offensive out. line. So Austin Hooper will be the tight that's end. That's fine. He's Hooper's better. Than, yeah, yeah. He's I just I think it's it's interesting because watching what I watched unfold Sunday, and this is why the end of that Bengals game is maddening. Philadelphia is in shambles. Jacksonville, a mess. Yeah. Jacksonville has You're thrown right. it in. Like if you get if you come out one and zero, and you found a way that I mean three and one would have been on the table for mm-hmm. this team. And I think now looking forward with how Cleveland played, two and two should be the goal. Like this team should not be zero and four or one and three. Well, based on it can't be zero and four with Jacksonville coming to town and we right get, that, that based and they played well, but I agree yeah. based on the schedule. So I, I I'm in agreement with. Well, James, you you have to find a way to, to jump on Cleveland early because the the last thing you want is Cleveland to get the ball and go right down the field and Chubb looks great oh. and then it's and seven Hines. nothing yep and then it's a three, three and out and then they score short again field, short field and it's like then it's watch not out stop. yeah because then it's Baker and Odell and they're gonna yeah. be dancing on primetime because I if, mean, if you're that's Cleveland just the reality. and you spend all that money in the offseason, you can't start zero two no. if you're Baker Mayfield. This year, this is supposed to be a different. This Baker, is like this. This year. has this to be it. Start right. New coach. So, as much as we're on the Bengals in Cincinnati, imagine Cleveland media right now and oh. what they're doing to this game on Thursday night. This is as must win of a game as it gets no for Cleveland. And now, test for Zach Taylor. Mm-hmm. Test for Joe Burrow. You got to go on the road with four days rest and match intensity of a team that's already playing for their their season. They're desperate, and the pressure is on them, and that's why I'm te- I watched it last year, and I get it's a different coach, but if you apply pressure, mm-hmm. 
it's going to get Baker or Baker chirping or Odell chirping no, no or doubt's going to creep in. You saw the body language the other night, the other day, and I think it was mostly because Baltimore is great. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think that, that's what I think. But the doubt is there, yeah. so you got to water that seed and let a it lot of it is the the Baltimore. I equate Baltimore to like the the great Cole Rain teams. Like when you played Cole Rain in high school. If you're down by like two or three scores, you're done. You start watching the clock. You're yeah. Like, how many possessions can I get? Because yes. they're gonna they're gonna run the ball. They're gonna eat clock, and you just start panicking. And maybe you try a fake punt, or you try to that fit a, a ball into brilliant execution yeah. of that. By or the way, or you try to fit a ball into a window that you shouldn't, and you start panicking. And that's what Baltimore does to, to teams. So, I know that Cleveland didn't look good. Baltimore puts that pressure on you. But again, you have a. You have to match what Cleveland is bringing Thursday night to have a chance. And if I'm the Browns, I am taking Kareem Hunt, and I'm saying you guys can't stop him in the mm-hmm. passing game. I would try to make life easier. We talk about Burrow. I would try to make yep. life easier on, on Baker and try to get Hunt in space early. All right, so cut to the chase. Final score and why, James? I'm leaning Browns. I have all off season. I think it's going to be a little closer, uh, given what we saw over the past. You know, it's short week. It's a division game. I'll say 23 17 rounds. So you're almost on my score. What do you got, Tony? What, what was the stat one more time, Zach Taylor's? To, to his last 22 games as a play caller, going mm-hmm. back to his UC days. Okay. 2 and 20, 16.1 points per game. In 0 and 8 in one score game. So he's going to go to 0 and 9 this week. Wow. Let me Then let me give oh. you. Out with the Bengals. 0 and yes, 9 in yes, one score yeah, game yeah. with the Bengals. Let me give you the old until I see it change. Oh. I'm not going to believe. So I will take Cleveland 24 14. Oh. I'll go. I'll go. Browns twenty three sixteen. Just because I want to put it on that sixteen number. I can't do a. You can't get sixteen point one, but you can get sixteen. I'll go. Browns twenty three sixteen. If they score thirteen and then sixteen. Yep. Yeah. Yep. With this team. Yep. Oh, <laughs> and, and Burrow, who clearly I, I, the, it's not bigger. It's not too big for Burrow. They no, better score more than the, the uh, best part of that. I'm at seventeen. We, we all talked that out. Like I thought initially, we were all going to go with the Bengals. Oh, no. and, and yet we couldn't bring ourselves to do Look, it. And, no, and, I and, wasn't. No. Until I see something different, I can't. And, and again, not just the Bengals, but everything that Cleveland has going into this game. You want to talk about the hungrier team? You better be able to go up there hungry, or else you're going to get run off the field by a team that has to win. Yes. Um, not only that, but. Look, all I know is what you said earlier, that week one loss last year, man, I was feeling really yep. good about the Zach Taylor era. Feel good loss. And then here came Frisco. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, were they not favored the Bengals yes. that game? Yeah, they were actually favored this, over Frisco it was in week a, two. It was a game, same as this year. Oh, we lost, but man, there's there's good things to on take both sides away. Of the ball, on both sides yep. of the ball. So, uh, and, and that was a game, too, where I think Mixon had six touches against right. the Seattle Seahawks. So we're already talking about Mixon again. We're talking about the defense played well, and yet we couldn't find a way to win. And uh, and and again, and watching last night, I'm not ready to say Baltimore is a runaway in the AFC North anymore. Mm. I was impressed with Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, was, I think that was more how bad the Giants' offensive I don't know. line was. The Giants' that, offensive line's trash. That's a good defense. I a like, great defense. I like Johnson uh, pairing up with Juju on the outside. Mm. They complement um, each other well. Ben back, Benny Snell, your UK Benny, guy. Benny Snell actually ran the ball. Played well. really well. I, I, I'm not. I'm not. Because of completely that defense, convinced. I agree. Like, I like think, they could split the season series. I still think the Giants are that offensive line. No, trash. I, 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 mean, I agree. It was no chance. I agree. No, the defense is great. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to tell you it's not. It's it's obviously proven. The I think we'll know about this game two possessions yeah. in. You know who played well? I, I really Bush. do. Devin Bush played well. Yeah, that's unfortunate how that draft worked out. <laughs> is it? Yeah, maybe not. They needed a left tackle. Yeah. What do you mean? I still take Jonah. You wouldn't take Jonah. 
Uh, I think I would have taken Devin Bush if he, if he was available. Really? Yeah. We just talked all this time about this offensive line. <laughs> and you guys are like, yeah, let's take no, a linebacker. I would have given a fifth round this year and a third round next year for Trent Williams. Maybe. I would have done that. Maybe and then my right – I still would have done that. Hey, would you trade uh, – Tony and I were talking about – would you trade T. Higgins for Trent Williams right now? Straight up. Yes. It's yes. just we talked about that on yes. his show before the draft, the 33rd pick. Yes. It has nothing to do with T. Higgins. No, no, listeners. right. Where that pick was. Yeah. yeah. First pick of day two. My yep. God. Yeah. Wow, they whiffed. Yeah. Bobby Hart's got it. Hey, you want to know my nickname for him? I may, I may change the studio that. Let me hear it. False start Bobby Hart. False start from the false start Bobby Hart there studio. You go. Wrap it like that. You know what? I'll tell you what. If, if your guy, John Ross, puts a touchdown on the board this week. Don't compare him to Bobby Hart. We're changing it to the false start Bobby Hart studio. It okay? should be. It already should be. Ross is I, I, way better. I'll, than I'll let it go for a week. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm going to go to the false start Bobby Hart studio for Fall one week. False start Bobby Hart. All right. For James Rapine of SI.com, the real quarterback, Tony Pike. I'm Richard Skinner. Thanks for being with us. It's been the Angry Quarterbacks Season 5, Episode 3 from the false start Bobby Hart studio. How many cities let you carry a gun and give you four different seasons in a singular month? Sunny rain, winter, make up your mind. We don't like the weather today, just give me some time. What the coast don't know is when the sun goes down, the Midwest will rise.